Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemel Hempstead. We wish as we do, once a week we come out and declare the message of God's precious word. I want to take from my text some words taken from the Gospel of Mark, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, as he spoke to many in the crowds and people in his day. The words are, there, what will it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? These are searching questions. Two questions, two very profound questions. What will it profit a man, firstly, if you gain the whole world? Imagine if you were to gain the whole world, you are of the Lord again. What will it profit a man if you gain the whole world? Jesus said, what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? We see people dedicated to all kinds of things in this world. Man is an addict to pleasure, to sinful things. The heart is deceitful above all things, the Bible says, and the gospel is wicked. The problem is, by nature we have left God as it were out of our lives. We come into this world that God has made, a beautiful world, creation, the heavens and the earth and all the things around us declare the glory of God. We see God's handiwork. We see his creation. We see the things that he has made. Yet we live as it were pretending that God is not. But he has given us life. He has sustained this planet. And then soon we meet our Creator. We know that the Bible says that the heavens and the earth declare the glory of God. We can see God's handiwork as we look at creation, as we look at the beauty around us. Not a world of chaos, but indeed a beautiful world. Look at a simple flower. Look at how God creates the world, creation. We see things provided for. We see the beauty in things. And we marvel at these things. Yet what will it profit a man if he gained the whole world, that is, wealth, even health, pleasure, and yet lose his soul? How little time we give for the soul. The body is just here for a little while on this earth. 
you don't live long, really, comparatively. 70, 80 years maybe. If we're spared 100 years, what is life? We're told it is but a vapor. We're here just for a little while. And then what after that? Do you think that you're just some sort of kind of animal, some bovine beast that doesn't have a conscience? You have a conscience. I have a conscience. We are completely different to the animal kingdom, knowing right from wrong. The human being is made in the image of God. We're told this. And indeed, the proof of it is not only creation and the fact that we're able to enjoy these things, but we have a conscience, knowing right from wrong. Our conscience accuses us when we do wrong things. That's because God's law is written upon our hearts, the very fabric of our being, made in the image of Almighty God. And yet, we have lived as if there is no God. And the Lord Jesus, who've made all things, we're told that the Bible tells us in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And we're told that that Word made everything, and that Word became flesh. Jesus Christ is God, who was manifest in the flesh. We're told God was manifest in the flesh. And he who made man came to die for sinners, came to live, first of all, for sinners. Ever since Adam sinned, all that have come into this world from Adam have sinned. The Bible says sin has spread to all men. Covetousness really began that time in Eden when Adam and Eve were given everything except they were forbidden to take of the one thing, that fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they took it. And the very fact that they took it showed that really they believed a lie, they believed Satan, that God is surely not true. And Satan said to Eve, surely God has not said this, and if he has, he wants, does not want you to be like him. And uh, you will be as gods, Satan said to Eve. But of course the moment she took, far from being a god, she was ashamed, naked, saw her sin and her rebellion against Almighty God. And that day they began to lie, both of them blaming each other. But my friends, we're all in this condition. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death is not a natural thing. People speak of death as being a natural thing. It's not. That's why we weep. That's why we cry. That's why we're sad when somebody dies in our family or somebody close to us. Because death is not a natural thing. It's not something God invented, but it came because of rebellion against God. God warned against us. And ever since, our first parents, man, because of his sin, he dies. This is true of all of us. I have sinned, you have sinned, we've all done wrong things. We're all sinners. But God, in his great mercy, 
sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to live and to die for sinners, to be their substitute. He would save a people from this world. God in his mercy has determined to save a certain people, a people that will come and hear his word and will believe upon his son. Jesus Christ in the Bible is called the last Adam or the second Adam. The first Adam, by him, death came into the world and we are just like him, with the same nature, with sinful desires. And again, I take you to that verse, what will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? Satan promised Adam and Eve, certainly Eve was deceived, well you can have the whole world. the man if he gained the whole world. We try to make things in this world as it were our delight, our God. But these things are just mere objects. They cannot give us life. They cannot give us the meaning of life. We succumb to them. We become subservient. We serve these things. People serve fashion. People serve all kinds of things. Those things have power over them. Even beauty can become something which somebody serves in order to be made attractive to somebody. We see sadly today people doing all kinds of things with their, their bodies and ruining their faces with all kinds of things. But you can't stop the aging process, my friend. It's amazing what people give themselves over to plastic surgery, and all kinds of things, even drugs, uh, to try to make the body bigger and better, but it's going to die. The body is going to die. But you have a never-dying soul. What will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? One thing we must never escape is that the body is going to die, but the soul lives on forever. And we're told in the word of God, the soul that sinneth shall surely die. But more than that, we're told in Hebrews 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. What have we done with our time here? Well, the Bible tells us we're going to be judged. Judged according to God's law, not man's laws, and I must say to you, they are very strict and right laws. And we would agree with them. You agree it's wrong to steal. But you and I have stolen. We've stolen time. We've stolen God's name. Maybe you've even taken God's name in vain. Taken the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in vain. Maybe you've even taken somebody else's name in vain. You've lied about them. You've told wrong things. You've stolen Maybe you've stolen from your employer time. Time that you should have given to your work. You've stolen somebody's reputation by knowing about that. There are many ways in which we have pilfered from God and others. But I say to you, it's not just pilfering, it's great stuff. He says, I will not give my glory to another. 
maybe we've said terrible, erroneous things about God and uh, spoken in ways to know him in his word. We've never researched the truth. God is like. We're told that he is revealed in the word by the person of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says he was holy, harmless, undefiled, completely separate from sinners. And yet we have taken that name of the Lord Jesus Christ perhaps in vain. And that's a great thing. The Lord Jesus said, it's a terrible thing. The Lord Jesus says, for every idle word, men shall be judged. And you know, God's judgment is always fair. It's always just. And God is never wrong. We're told that he cannot lie. We're told on that great day, all the books will be opened up, everything that we have said, done that is wrong, we shall be judged for. And it's going to be a solemn day. Everything that is done in secret, we're told, will be made manifest, open. Everything will be an account of himself. So what of all men Savior of his people. That's who are in that book. He died for them. He shed his precious blood for them. He lived for them to earn for them a wonderful, perfect, spotless righteousness. And that day is going to be a glorious day when he shall receive them. And there will be no glory in themselves, but they will glory in the Lamb of God, in Jesus Christ to be a wonderful day. The Bible speaks of the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he bought for himself a people, a bride, a precious people, who he shed his precious blood for. It's going to be a wonderful day when all are forgiven and souls are restored back to God. At Calvary, my dear friends, a remarkable thing took place. God the Son who made the heavens and the earth, gave his life, the Bible says, as a ransom for many. It was a marvelous day. We're told that even the heavens, the whole earth, for just those three hours, that he was suffering in their stead. It was all darkness, as the Father was hiding, as it were, his presence from the Son. As the Son was being that sin offering for his people as he was suffering the just for the unjust my friends calvary was the most precious time time that he gave his life for sinners what sinners those who repent those who trust in him those who feel their guilt and confess their sin and realize that this life is empty without God. This life really is empty without God. Look at all the possessions you have. 
your house, your cars, your lips. You can't take that with you, friend. What will it profit a man, said the Lord Jesus, if he gained the whole world, yet lose his soul? You're just here for a little while. It doesn't make sense, friends, to even gain the whole world, and yet lose your soul, because your soul is never dying. Bible speaks of a second death, but only if it were death. It's the absence of the favor of God to be cast out of his presence forever and forever. And that is eternity. And there is no going back. There's no hope for the lost soul. What will it profit a man if he gained the whole world and yet lose his soul? on forever and forever. But your body, my friend, will go to the grave. I buried a man yesterday who trusted in the Lord Jesus. Please believe if he died in faith with the Lord forever. When Christ comes again, he has said he will raise every body, every person that has been laid in the dust or thrown in the ocean. He who created the heavens and the earth, we're told at the twinkling of an eye, he will change these bodies, son, to vile corruption forever and forever, and some to have a glorious body. I would exhort you on this day, if you can hear me, consider that solemn question. What will it profit a man if he gained the whole world? giving up so much for a soul that never dies, a body that just has a few years here. Consider it, friend. Consider your latter end is eternity. I would invite you to on the corner of Lower Road and Red Lion Lane. And our service this Sunday, this Lord's Day, is 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. and we have an evening service where we preach the gospel at 6 p.m. And you'd be very welcome if you came along. Please do come along and hear the word of God preached. I pray that you'll come along and hear that question again as I close. What will it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Do seek the Lord, friend, today while he may be found. That's what the Bible says. Turn to him while he is near. Seek the Lord. There's coming a day when we're going to have to meet him, as it were, Either as our judge or saviour. If he's not been our saviour in this life, he'll not be our saviour on that day. 
There's no such place as purgatory, my friends. That's a blasphemous lie. The Church of Rome is proving itself, even in this week that we live in, to be a great apostate church. Never was a church. It's the deceiver. This Bible, my friend, tells you the truth, and you come along, and we'll give you the truth as a local church here. Please do come and meet with us on the corner of Lower Road and Red Line Lane, just outside of Hempstead in Nash Mills. I do like to see you.